Oregon hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to talk some hockey with you once again today. And another very, very positive week for the Minnesota Wild. They just weren't uh, undefeated this time around. So they did actually have a pointless game. Oh, no. Yeah, they finally had a pointless game. (laughs) Yeah, pointless. That sounds kind of funny. But a game without a point, unfortunately. But, hey, the positive vibes do continue for this club. We're going to review three games today. Three. I'm going to cut the show down to two segments for today. I'm going to slide the, uh, I mean, being the, there hasn't been much fan interaction this week. And part of that's on me. It also, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. And also the Iowa Wild segment, it's just it's just too damn small. So <laughs> we're going to slide that into the previous segment to wrap up the show, too. And, of course, like I said, the, uh, the tall grass uh, ads have been pulled from my shows for the time being and maybe for good. We'll see what happens with that. Haven't really uh, been able to contact them or anybody else the past week. But I will finally have my mornings back (laughs) as my schedule is going to get back to normal here. And that's the end of that conversation. Let's get to the reviews, shall we? Didn't start out too positively because the the anger, the frustration, the passion did come out from Minnesota Wild fans throughout this entire state of hockey. Monday, February the 16th, the Minnesota Wild head to Vancouver, British Columbia. And we still hate the Vancouver Canucks. Oh my God, we still hate them. Without a doubt, all that anger, that, that... this, that that dislike, whatever the hell it is, that absolute hatred you have for that franchise, that team, and especially the Sedine sisters, it came out on Monday the 16th. A 3-2 loss in regulation to the Vancouver Canucks. Quite unfortunate there. But again, it's kind of like, what, what, what can you do? I mean, you can't win them all. You just wish you could win them all against Vancouver. But at least... <laughs> at least uh, we've been winning them all against Colorado. They're the other like annoying rival that we have. Yeah, but they might be pinned out of the playoff positioning because of the way things are. We'll talk about that more again as we push further into the show. Oh, that third period against Vancouver. So frustrating. I mean, how many of you were just so excited, so confident when Nino Niederreiter netted his 17th goal of the season? Jordan Schrader continuing to punish his old team. With a nice assist to Nino Niederreiter, 17th goal of the year. How many of you were confident when you saw the Wild go up one nothing? Like, yep, we're going to beat these guys again. We're going to do it. How many of you were just so confident that we were going to do it? Yeah, my hand's raised. It's it's up. <laughs> yeah, but then after that, it just seemed like the Vancouver Canucks dominated the puck the rest of the night. And I mean, it's just like the Wild could not get their sticks on the puck. Throughout the evening, it was so damn frustrating. It's just a, oh, just an unbelievable feeling. Vancouver, very, very, very physical. They led, I mean, they beat the Wild in hits, 18-7. to The Wild couldn't even get shots on goal because the Vancouver Canucks blocked 21 shots. Unbelievable game in that sense. Only, only one power play per team in this game, and they were both shut down. Uh, the Wild won in the face-off category pretty soundly, 20, 24-17. Yeah, puck possession. It was hit completely, completely was dominated by the Vancouver Canucks, particularly after the first period. A quiet first period for for both teams in general, yet it was one of the more active of the Minnesota Wild, at least the first half or so of the first period. And Vancouver just kind of took over the game, per se. But luckily, Mr. Devin Dubnik is, is just such a strong goalie in general that 
Vancouver didn't exactly take a 4-1 to lead or anything, but they took a 3-1 to lead. <laughs> just the frustration just started to take over. Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin, Alex Burroughs, you know, the top line of Vancouver. They tied things up very early in that second period, and you just knew that was not a good sign. Vancouver dominated the puck the entire second period. Luckily, the Wild did not give up a goal after that. That was the good sign, but unfortunately, the third period belongs to the Vancouver Canucks until the final minutes or so of the game. <laughs> oh, the frustration was just off the charts in this one. Lots of smashing back and forth between the teams. <laughs> Matthew Dumba already already feeling the rivalry himself with some very intense hits on the Vancouver Canucks, and he had to receive some as well. Lots of chippiness from this club. Vancouver, again, scoring early in the third period to make it 2-1. to one. And then, just halfway through the third, it was 3-1 to one Vancouver. That whole night, just extremely frustrating for us all. Nino Niederreiter, who was easily the most active Minnesota Wild player in this game, did get his 18th goal of the year, and Schrader with his second assist of the game, and second of the season. Schrader's adding a lot of his first points of the season. <laughs> Jordan Schrader. Again, like I said, the former first-round pick. I've said it a million times of the Vancouver Canucks. Stinging his old team, and uh, I couldn't be happier for it. But the good news is, Schrader's... Uh, Overall, talents have been popping up now. He's he's so quick and and he he can he can score goals. He can pass the puck. He's very active offensively, and you're starting to see why he was a prospect in the National Hockey League. Even though he did absolutely nothing in Vancouver, now maybe he's a new Nito Niederreiter, just a much smaller one per se. Because remember how Nino Niederreiter couldn't do jack squat in the New York Islanders. I listened to an old episode just for fun couple of days ago, and it's like, yeah, Nino Niederreiter had one goal in 55 games for New York uh, for the New York Islanders back in his you know his final season there when he was a fourth overall pick for that club, fourth overall bleeping pick. Um, Jordan Schrader, first round pick for Vancouver, and he, his stats pretty similar. He played like mm, like <laughs> he was like one goal in like you know like 40 games. It's just completely non complete non factor with the Vancouver Canucks over his career. But overall, unfortunately, the Canucks, chippy, physical. Every time we had the puck, they were picking, were, were raising our sticks, taking, taking them away from us. They were getting, uh, they were just frustrating us all night. Amazingly, though, that there was only one power play per team. You thought it would be power plays all over the place, but the refs swallowed their whistles in this one. And I, I guess that's okay, <laughs> because it kind of affected both of us, I suppose. It, it affected both teams. We both were kind of... <laughs> <laughs> we both were kind of tripping on each other a little bit. And for the record, uh, it wasn't one goal in 30 games or anything, but like nine points in 31 games, uh, six points in 25 over the course of his career, his his illustrious career with the Vancouver Canucks. Nothing special, but he's uh, definitely been more effective in his short stint with the Minnesota Wild this season. And Jordan Schrader, a plus seven. A real positive to the Minnesota Wild this season thus far. Five points in 12 games. We'll see if that can continue to develop. I sure hope so. And again, plus seven. Plus seven. And he's got quite a bit of his career ahead of him. <laughs> That's the other good part. 24 years old. So we shall see indeed for this 22nd overall pick in 2009. Former Gopher, Jordan. I keep calling, trying to call him Jay Schrader, the old Oakland uh, Excuse me, Los Angeles Raider quarterback. Yeah, they were the LA Raiders back in the 80s. Oakland Raiders. And the, yeah, but uh, the other thing though... <laughs> The other thing that obviously, obviously I have to uh, put into account here before I wrap up this show, well, two things. 
the minute I saw, you know, I did predict that Eddie Lack was going to be the goalie because why would they put Ryan Miller out there again when we'd shellacked him? We had absolutely shellacked him, and Eddie Lack had had some success against the Minnesota Wild. We were lacking in goals against Eddie Lack when we played Vancouver. And guess what? Eddie Lack was pretty damn good the entire game. Only gave up two goals. Didn't face as many shots as we would have liked, but he made some annoyingly good stops in this game. And when I saw him in net, I tweeted out, yeah, this game's not going to be easy at all. This is going to be a very tough game. Why do I have a crappy feeling we're going to lose? And we did. 3-2 to two loss, and, and things ended extremely chippy. I can't remember who was hit, but Matt Dumba then, you know, responded to it and started hooking, <laughs> hooking the Vancouver player that made the hit. And things got extremely chippy there. Uh, lots of frustration. The Wild just, um, it felt like a million chances to score and we couldn't get the puck on net because they were blocking every damn shot and they were knocking us off the, up the puck. Calls that weren't made, hooks, slashes, cross checks, whatever the hell it is. High sticks. I mean, I mean, there was one thing after another in that final stretch and the, the final few minutes, the, the final seconds there when we, it felt like we could have had like a thousand shots on goal, and one of them could probably go in, and we could go to overtime and see what happens. But no, not one of them did, and things got so frustrating, so chippy, that uh, it boiled over. Unfortunately, the Wild did not win the season finale, but the good side of things, we did win the season series with the Vancouver Canucks, so that's good. And our standing in the playoff picture still hanging strong. After after a couple more games, a lot of people very devastated on this particular night, though, because obviously Vancouver got two points, we got zero. That's bad. Calgary made a comeback and won their game, two points to zero for us, and of course the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Calgary uh, came back from three goals down against the Boston Bruins, by the way, who are you know falling apart in the Eastern Conference. That's great, and the wonderful, ultra talented Edmonton Oilers. We're beating the Winnipeg Chippy Jets, the other Vancouver team, basically. They're, they're just another Vancouver, as far as I'm concerned. They drive me nuts with, with a better goaltending <laughs> and, and a much tougher division, unfortunately. Um, Central Division is just so freaking tough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's stronger than the Pacific. But, yeah, they, they couldn't hold on to their lead against Winnipeg. Winnipeg ended up winning in the shootout. That was uh, extremely frustrating, extremely Devastating night for the Wild. Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver all one-upping the Wild. And the LA Kings couldn't hold on to their lead. Or, I mean, could the LA Kings made a comeback and won their game as well. So that was four teams that two-upped the Wild on this particular night. It was Black Monday for the Wild, and there was no doubt about it. But the good news is, we're still here, baby. We're still here because the Minnesota Wild played a couple of, I mean, continued their Northwest Division uh, reunion, <laughs> literally, in, well, British Columbia, and then off to Alberta with Calgary and Edmonton. And the Wild come out with two points in each of these games. Unfortunately, in some sense, Calgary wound up with a point because the Wild won this in overtime. I kept thinking we're going to lose this one, and I actually predicted the Wild to lose, but it was another flip-flop type of deal. Last week, I predicted the Wild would beat Vancouver and would lose in, in an overtime period. We'd get a point against Calgary. So it was another flip-flop, just like the previous week. <clears throat> the Minnesota Wild beat Calgary outright. We won in regulation in Calgary. Again, in the Saddle Dome. That's pretty awesome. And you got to like the attendance in that building. you got to like the... I mean, I, I love the Sea of Red, like I always say. I love the colors in that building, and I love the talent of that team. 
And this is when Justin Fontaine <laughs> returns again. Like he started to show some signs of who he can be again. Remember how he had a strong season last year and he even had a hat trick. And then this whole season is like, yeah, Justin Fontaine. It's like amazing. He's even still on the roster. Like five points in like 40 games. Jeez. What the hell happened to him? It's like he's just a defensive guy. Just a fourth line kind of a kind of a player who can't seem to get anything beyond that. Now he's playing with Charlie Coyle and Thomas Vanek. Instead of with uh, Granlin. It was, it was Granlin and Vanek. Now it's Charlie Coyle. So... Mike Yo continuing to shift the lines around. Matt Dumba, homecoming. He's a Calgary, Alberta native. Uh Uh-huh, and he had a hell of a night. But a lot of familiar faces had had a strong game in this one. A lot of familiar faces. Obviously, Devin Dubnik was unbelievable against that Calgary, (laughs) intense Calgary uh, onslaught, stopping 35 shots, only only giving up two goals in the game. Just awesome. Awesome night again for Devin Dubnik. Just continuing to do what he well, we know he can do. Miko Koivu with a goal and an assist. We'll talk about the goal much later. Justin Fontaine, though, reminding us that he's still here with his fifth goal. And then a really good pass by Thomas Vanek. Coyle kind of muscling it forward and then off to Vanek. <laughs> and Fontaine, again, showing that scoring touch and that speed that he does possess to help, to be another one of those guys to help replace or, you know, fill in for Jason Zucker. Doing a good job. Him and and, and Jordan Schrader together, together have been helping to fill that role. Both of them undersized guys with some speed and some scoring ability helping to fill in for the, well, the guy we're going to be missing for a long time. <laughs> Jason Zucker. Matt Dumba with a fierce shot on that. He put it on net, an aggressive shot, and it was a beauty Put it over the shoulder of why am I uh, Jonas Hiller? <laughs> I'm like blanking here. Of of Jonas Hiller, a beauty placed it just to re- just perfectly and very quick release on the shot. His third goal of the season and the homecoming absolutely is what it is. A wonderful night for Matt Dumba, putting a lot of shots on goal, making some nice intelligent plays in there. He's going to be a mainstay in this league now. He's ready to be an NHLer. He's uh, still raw out there. He's still <clears throat> a very imperfect defenseman, but he is really starting to come of age, and I think a lot of us here in Minnesota very, very happy to have him. He is a huge factor, and he will indeed be a mainstay for the Minnesota Wild at defense, and boy, oh boy, do we need that as the trade deadline continues to approach. We still need more defensemen, but Matt Dumba, there you go. That's one of the spots that's going to be filled. So congratulations to Matt Dumba for becoming what he's, what we were hoping he's going to become, a a powerful offensive defenseman. He's definitely heading in that direction. A lot of talent. Jonas Brodin, or excuse me, what am I talking about? Yeah, Jonas Brodin assisting on the one, <laughs> and Devin Dubnik. No forwards involved in this one. Dumba just let that thing go from the blue line, and he got it past. But uh, yeah, another defenseman to join Jonas Brodin <laughs> to become one of the... Uh, one of the top prospects in this team. And then Calgary started putting the puck on net, making it 2-1. to one. Yuri Hidler, who's been there for a, while, for a while now. Second period, lots of grinded out, boring hockey, just like last time. I was like, yeah, but it's going to be another one of those 2-1 to one type of games. Hopefully the Wild can hang on, though. Why do I have a feeling it's going to be 2-1? to one? But no, Borma, midway through the third period, ties it up. Wild just could not get the puck out of the zone. The, the, Canu- the Canucks, the Flames constantly... 
peppering Devin Dubnik. And it's like, man, we're going to lose this game, aren't we? But Dubnik just stopped him time and time again. And the Wild are making some nice stops, getting the puck back. It just was not going to be Vancouver all over again this time around because the Wild were not allowing the Calgary Flames to to bake the great shots that they that they potentially could have had because this time instead of seven blocks in Vancouver they had twenty one against Calgary. Calgary very similar to Vancouver, but the Wild matched it this time around with the physical play, the blocking, and such, putting their putting their bodies on the line. <laughs> Otherwise, the Calgary Flames might have had like fifty shots on goal in this game. It was scary, and they probably would have won like six to three. But luckily, the Wild survived, went to overtime, and I just scared to death. Yeah, Calgary, they've been peppering Dubnik all night. They're going to score. But almost it seemed like almost immediately, Koivu, <laughs> after getting the uh, uh, coil, was, was fed forward, of course, by Skindela. Koivu, with a, with a double fake backhand shot from about, from about 15 feet away. Wow, I mean, wow. I mean, Koyu has just been playing unbelievable hockey. Ninth goal of the season, an overtime thrilling winner. And Miko Koivu, <laughs> Miko Koivu ultimately going to Roma Ginla on the Calgary Flames. Because how many times did Jerome Ginla do this to the Wild? We survived, go to overtime against the Flames, and Jerome Ginla would score the overtime winner. Regardless if it was in the Saddle Dome or in the Exhale Energy Center, time and time again, Jerome Ginla. It was always the same guy for those Calgary Flames beating the Wild in overtime. And it left us pissed off. But this time it was Miko Koivu. What a great play, too. I mean, those fake backhands he made. He just he faked twice, got the players on the ground to move. They were moving. They were going to block his shot. They're going to swallow it right up. But no, they're just sliding out of the way now because Koivu faked it so nicely. Next thing you know, whoop, I mean, it. You'd think that, oh, it, it's not that hard to stop, but whatever it is, it's like a, it's like a knuckleball changeup. <laughs> if he was a pitcher, that's basically what kind of shot that was, Chamiko Koivu. I mean, Hiller was like, okay, okay, I got it. What? I don't got it. I guess we just lost the game, didn't we? Yes, 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 you did. Yes, you did, Hiller. And the Wild escaped Calgary, Alberta, with a thrilling win. And I don't feel so bad giving the Calgary Flames a point in this case, even though you'd think I should feel bad because they're in the, the top three in the Pacific Division. So it doesn't hurt me as much if they were in the wild card standings. And I know they might be bumped down there and you don't want them to have that extra point. But it doesn't hurt me as much right now as it would giving it to, say, a Winnipeg, a Los Angeles, San Jose team like that right now. I kind of think Calgary might end up in the top three there, and I kind of hope they do. That way I don't have to root against them as much because they're my second favorite team in the NHL. I'm not a gigantic Calgary fan because they're in our division forever, but... <laughs> and, you know, they don't exactly have the sexiest team ever. They're just winning games. They're not like the old 89 Flames where they had like a million stars in that team. They were kind of like the Penguins before the Penguins were the Penguins. <laughs> just about. Um, so there it is. A team that, uh, well... They should have stars because they've had the number one pick like 15 times like the Chicago Blackhawks did when they sucked the entire late half of the 90s and the whole first half of the 2000s. I mean, they sucked so hard. You think, you know, the, the Chicago Blackhawks, that they're, yeah, they're going to have a ton of great prospects and, and, oh gosh darn it, they did have a ton of great prospects and now they're one of the, now they're one of the dynasties of hockey in, in, in modern days. There's at least two of them, Chicago and Los Angeles right now. I kept thinking Boston was going to be another, but eh, I don't think so. <coughs> 
Edmonton Oilers, though, with all their number one draft picks, regardless of who they have, regardless how talented a few of those players are, they suck. Yeah, I mean, they suck, and we'll take it. Like they say, if you're if the engine's grinding and it, and it needs some oil, just well play the Oilers, and here there it is. The Wild played the Oilers, and Devin Dubnik got his uh, got his fifth shutout with the Wild, sixth in the season because he did get one with the Arizona Coyotes earlier in the season. Four nothing Wild dominated the whole game. <laughs> it's like they were still, and the good news is, yeah, they were still probably focused on just how freaking frustrating the Vancouver and Calgary games were. They had to really work their ass off in those games. They still didn't beat Vancouver because the Vancouver just outworked them and they outsheeped them as well. Surprise, surprise in that one. But they just outworked. They survived. <laughs> they worked harder against the Calgary Flames and survived it. And they brought the same mentality into Edmonton because they were not about <laughs> to let the fans in Rexall place, you know, beat the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> and guess what? The Wild just rolled right over this team in every facet except the hits. It seems like we're always way down on the hits. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, we always get about 11 or so, and the other team seems to get like 20. Uh, that's interesting. And the Edmonton Oilers dominated in the face-off category as well. Yet we dominated the entire game. Shots on goal. Edmonton Oilers couldn't even get a shot on goal. We just dominated the whole way. 29-15 in shots on goal. We, we led in, high, in hits as well because, you know, we're shutting down any type of scoring chance they had. Laying the body on the line. And the Minnesota Wild with a, just another huge game. How can you not be happy? And, yeah, Devin Dubnik made some really nice saves in this game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Even though he faced 15 shots, there were a few of them were pretty good. I mean, how many times do you usually give up at least one or two goals when you get 15 shots on goal? It happens pretty often. And sometimes you even lose the game because your goalie might not be very good. Dubnik just, he's so amazing right now. Six, again, six shutouts on the season which is one of the top goalies in, in all of hockey now already, even though he's only played like part of the season, being the backup in Arizona. Five shutouts for the, for the Wild. Just, wow. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. Thomas Vanek had a very, very strong game. Thought he was going to score about three or four times, but just didn't finish. Koivu was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic, as was Justin Fontaine. He was everywhere. He was energetic. He was always <laughs> leading the rush. Almost almost at a hat trick like he did last year. Jordan Schrader again. Just showing what he can do. Just a fantastic game for him as well. Parisi had two assists in the game. Some nice passes like centering pass to Fontaine early and another one later. Mikhail Granlund getting his 16th assist on that fourth goal of the game late in the third period. You figured, okay, we're going to just put the clamps down yet we score again on this team. It's almost like rubbing it in their face, isn't it? And Jordan Schrader with a fantastic uh, just, just, just a nice. It looked like a. They, they called it a deflection, but it wasn't a deflection. It, it was more like a one-time, like a, like a like a wrister type shot on a beautiful feed again by Thomas Vanek. Kind of a tic-tac-toe type of play. Koivu Vanek Schrader, almost like a tic-tac-toe, but not quite as sexy. <laughs> not quite as sexy. But Schrader putting the puck where he needed to. His third goal of the, of the season, and Nino Niederreiter with his nineteenth goal of the season in this game. Koivu, just another strong game, and I pray to God that he can he if if he could just keep playing like this, that would be so nice. I hate it how he'll be playing this well, and then it just vanishes, and then come playoff time, he looks clueless again. Just please, Koivu, keep playing well, please. Even if it even if it doesn't show up in the box scores, just keep 
being where you, where you need to be defensively, offensively. He's been making so many good defensive plays, taking the puck away and stuff, taking the puck, taking the passing lanes away, the shooting lane away, knocking the knocking the puck away at the last second before. You know, it's a really danger zone situation where there's a puck rolling around in the center in front of the in front of the net, which anything can happen there. Very bad things can happen. Some you know, the opponent obviously whoever they are could get their could just basically just one time that thing in there, slam it in there per se. But Quavo always ready. The past week, the past two or three weeks, he has just been playing some phenomenal hockey, about as good as I've ever seen Mako Quavo play, and uh, he's. Uh, continuing to be in the Mike Madonna Award conversation. So, that pretty much is going to wrap up the, the reviews. A fantastic week for Mika Cuevo yet again. Real positive signs with other young guys who were so quiet early in the year. Like, Fontaine was invisible. Granlin, well, he's not quite as on fire as he was when he first came back from the injury, but still, he's been good. Coyle, Coyle with a few assists this week. Jordan Schrader, man, he is looking like a player in this league. Now it's not just, now he's not just sticking it to Vancouver anymore. He's playing well against everybody. Real happy with the development of Jordan Schrader. Hope he can continue in the wild. So desperately need right now with with the injuries and such. And hey, they so desperately need that scoring punch, and they needed it anyway. Even if Zucker's in there, because other guys weren't scoring. Like Hoyle wasn't scoring, Granlin wasn't scoring, Halla wasn't scoring. But even Eric Holla actually had a really strong week as well. Johnny on the spot in some plays, making some really nice defense. Nice hustle, knocking the puck away at the last second from whoever <laughs> from whoever they are on, on, on the breakaway situations. He's been really, really nice this week as well. Just an overall positive week. Not a whole lot of situations where you're like, man, these guys are clueless. This guy is just killing us out there. I, I don't get that vibe at all. And Christian Foline, even, who had to fill in last night, called back up from Iowa. I keep trying to say Houston, but from Iowa because of the injury to uh, Spurgeon. Well, yeah, Jared Spurgeon the previous night um, in Calgary, unfortunately. he's uh, He made some nice plays as well, and Wes Walls made a really valuable point saying it's way healthier for, for a player like Christian Foline to get sent down to Iowa instead of just rotting on the just rotting in the press box when when he's not needed. So sending him down to to Iowa for a couple nights, let him, you know, continue to keep up in his game and continue his development just just to stay fresh in, in general, just to stay <laughs> just to stay into it per se, to stick with it, keep playing. Sitting him down is just going to it's just going to diminish his abilities, per se. He's he's not going to be as focused, as locked in, sitting in the press box as he would be playing down in Iowa and building some confidence. So there it is. And a strong game by Foline as well. So overall, very nice week for the Wild. Let's wrap things up with the... Let's wrap up this segment anyway. With the Mike Madano and James Shepard Memorial, the you know obviously the best player and the worst player of the week. Mike Madano Award... Oh my God, it's it's like it could be three people. It could be Koivu, Dubnik, or Jordan Schrader, or actually Fontaine, even more so. Uh, I'm gonna give a boy. It's gonna go to. Mm, I mean, Dubnik has gotten already like three of them, three or four of them. Koivu is gonna get his second straight Mike Madonna Award, and I'm gonna give a Cole Mike Madonna 
to Justin Fontaine. Just it's he's been he's been a godsend to this uh, to this team. He's been on the team all season and all that, but the way he's been stepping up when when oh so badly needed. Thank thank you <laughs> thank you Justin Fontaine. Please keep it up and Schrader man keep it up again and you'll be getting a Mike McDonald award as well without a doubt. James Shepard Memorial. Um, you know. It's kind of a toughie in this situation. I'm uh, just going to give it to the Vancouver Canucks for being as cheap as they were. No, I don't know. Um, there really isn't anybody on the team right now that I would say is, is just killing us out there. <laughs> He's this past week or so. Um, maybe Granlin for not really being as involved. I, I guess I'll give it to him by default because he's not been as involved this past week as he was the previous couple of weeks. I mean, even Ryan Suter, hey, he was a, you know he was a plus over the course of this week. scandela has been fantastic. Prosser, eh, you know, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of his, but he didn't hurt us. I suppose Granlin for not really factoring in as much as you'd like. He did get an assist in the third and final game of these three. But overall, yeah, not as much. He's not been winning his face-offs at the percentage that you'd like either. Not as, you know, you, you just don't really notice him. Or, yeah, I, I just didn't really notice him this week. Where last week I noticed him a lot. So he gets kind of a very quiet James Shepard memorial. There it is. We will wrap up this segment and we will come back to preview four games right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Here on Brave the Wild segment number two preview segment, and I guess I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit, but yeah, I'll keep, I can keep it brief. I actually previewed the Dallas game last week because I wasn't sure if I was going to record on Saturday or Sunday. I generally like to record Saturdays if humanly possible for Brave the Wild. I'm going to try to continue to keep these pounding out this uh, this way. So I'll keep it. So I'll make a very brief preview of that Dallas game. It's going to be on NBC Sports, so hopefully they'll be nicer this time around. I think they should be. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should be nicer to the Wild now. Realize what a good team we're becoming and what we should have been all damn season, if not for the goalie problem. You want to point fingers? Yeah, I think we could point fingers now. Damn it. Come on, Kemper, he should have been better than that. But hey, we'll take it, you know, if, if Dubnik's going to be better anyway because of more experience. <clears throat> Dallas Stars come to XL Energy Center. And of course, like I said, we will be on national cable television to host the Dallas Stars, and I think the Wild win this one. We've had wonderful success against them, and we've been 
playing so doggone well lately. I think it's a 4-2 win for the Wild, of course, in regulation, no kidding. And the Stars, who were kind of surging for a little while, they're playing Detroit Red Wings right now as we speak. That's not going to help their cause either. They're going to have to travel all the way from Dallas, Texas to come, all, to come up here to St. Paul. Of course, I'm in Golden Valley on the Minneapolis side, but I say here to St. Paul, to the Exhale Energy Center, to play uh, the Wild on a back-to-back situation. I think the Wild definitely win. 4-2 to two for the Minnesota Wild. Dubnik's going to give up a couple goals because, they're obviously, they're so talented. I mean, they're not... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not Winnipeg where they're going to score two... I mean, well, they I mean they, they average about two goals a game most of the time. <laughs> they don't score much if their defense is so damn good that they win anyway. You know, teams like that, Columbus and such. So, um, yeah, the Stars score goals, but they give up goals. 4-2, to two, Minnesota. That's a very brief preview of them. Let's move on. That was, of course, Sunday, the 22nd of February. Edmonton, the Edmonton Oilers, come to St. Paul on the 24th of February. That's a that's another nice one for the Wild, I think. Another regulation win for the Wild. And if it's not, ouch. <laughs> that would suck. Um, it's amazing, too, when you think about it, that Jordan, <laughs> that Jordan Everly's leading the team in scoring and not Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But then again, eh, who am I to say? Or Jordan Everly, another fairly significant prospect, but not as big as Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 22nd overall pick in the first round of the 2008 draft, but hey, good on him for playing well this season. Taylor Hall, another, obviously, you know, they have all these prospects, and all these guys, well, I mean, they're not even prospects anymore. They're NHL players that are, you know, obviously higher-end prospects, but they're just not getting the job done for whatever reason, or they're the only good players on the team, and the rest of the team is just kind of lackluster, not really what they should be. Not sure really where to go. Their goaltending situation, not so hot either. I mean, when you, when the lowest goals against average on the on the roster is 3.01, that's not good. Um, <laughs> Fasith is giving up 3.41. Scrivens, again, the 3.01. And, of course, Richard. Oh, yeah, of course I say. Yeah, Richard Bachman in only two games. He has a goals against average over six. Yeah, uh, we won't be seeing him in there. But then again, watch. If we do, he'll get a shutout on us with our luck. And we'll lose, like... 3-0. to zero. But no, the Wild are going to win. The Wild are going to win 4-1 to one over the Edmonton Oilers. Another four-goal night for the Wild. Our offense is going to really start to pick up the pace. You're going to see Schrader probably score something. Assists, goals, whatever. Koivu hopefully will continue what he's been doing. You'll see Parisi in the box score in at least one of these two games. Probably multi-point game for him um, overall in these two games. I mean, it's going to be a nice stat-stuffing couple of games here as the schedule's going to get a little bit stiffer as we get later in the week. Just a little bit, at least per se in Thursday. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, it doesn't even matter who scores. Per se. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, maybe we'll see Eric Hollis score. That would be nice. He could use it. <laughs> but no, you're going to, I mean, uh, Niederreiter, Vanek, you're going to see those types. You know, the, the usual suspects. You're going to see Niederreiter, Vanek, and... <clears throat> Who's the other one that I've been talking about? Fontaine. Those guys you're going to see in the box car this week. And, of course, Koivu will factor in as well. No kidding. At least in these two games. But then... But then... Then the best team in hockey at this point in time comes... Well, does not come to XL Energy Center. They host the Minnesota Wild in Nashville, Tennessee. Philip Forsberg, a prospect the Wild wish they could have had. Mike Ribeiro, who's a veteran. He's playing unbelievably well. Shea Weber... <laughs> yeah, the former blue line mate of star 
star defenseman, Ryan Suter, who again still needs to have his minutes reduced a little bit. I'll talk about Koivu with that again in a second, too. Another interesting topic brought up on the local radio this week. Uh, but yeah, Shea Weber, 42 points. Roman Jossi, another defenseman, also with 42 points in the year. Oh my God. Oh, Peter Laviolette. Pierre Laviolette is, is doing what he does. He goes, <laughs> he goes to a new team. In the first year, they're phenomenal. And they're Stanley Cup contenders. In fact, he won the Stanley Cup with those Hurricanes back in 06. He, uh, man, just fantastic. He's at a, and he took the Philadelphia Flyers in his first year to the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll see. I mean, I would not be surprised if the Predators went to the Finals. Maybe even win the whole thing. I hate saying it. Um, Rene, 34-8 and eight on the season. Goals against the average 2.01. Only three shutouts, but that just shows how consistent he is. He's not hot and cold where he'll get a shutout one night and give up three goals the next. He just gives up two goals a game. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And his backups are okay. Nothing special. That's the whole BC. You, you see Carter Hutton in there. That'd be nice. But but we won't. We'll see Pekka Rene in there. Damn it. And we're probably going to lose this one. Unfortunately, I'm going to say the uh, Nashville Predators win this one 3-1. to one. I think the Wilds struggle against this defensive team. That actually scores goals as well. Dubnik will be good, but not good enough because the Wild aren't going to be... <laughs> I don't think the Wild are going to give him goal support. This is going to be a regulation loss for the Wild, so we're going to have another one. But it's going to be another very strong week for the Wild. As I mentioned, we're going to beat both Dallas and Edmonton. So that's four points right there. Zero points against the Nashville Predators with all that talent, all that defensive ability, great coaching, everything. Again, a legitimate cup contender. Because they have the, I mean, with the best record in the Western Conference. You never know, though. Somebody might knock him out in the first round. Remember how St. Louis was doing the same thing last year. Chicago Blackhawks took care of business as St. Louis started to screw around late in the season. And then, yeah, we saw what happened. Classic St. Louis Blues, great regular season, no postseason. They either lose in the first round with the best record in hockey, or they'll get maybe to the conference finals if they... They'll, they'll try to get there, and then they'll lose again. They still have not been to the Stanley Cup Finals since 1967, I believe. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Or was it 1970? But literally 45, 45 or more years ago for the St. Louis Blues getting to the Finals. Hopefully for Nashville's sake, it won't be the case for them, and they'll get there this year. Though I could not care less if they make it. I only hope that the Minnesota Wild make it. <laughs> and Saturday... This is going to make things a little bit tough for me recording the show. Oh, boy. Ah, because it's a, it is a 9 o'clock start in Mountain Time. I don't know why they're starting that late, but hmm, hopefully that just hopefully that's Eastern Time, but it probably isn't. Uh, 9 o'clock start in Colorado. Yes, sir. Denver, Colorado. Colorado Avalanche. Minnesota Wild have not given up a goal against the Colorado Avalanche yet this season. Kemper had two shutouts against them <laughs> to start out the season. And then Dubnik recently, another shutout. Even though Varlamov was unbelievable that entire night. Just an awesome night for Varlamov in that game. Varlamov, 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 I believe actually is a better way to say it. Just a phenomenal night for him, but the Wild were able to score two goals. Dubnik gave up zero. There it is. Should I pick another shutout? A fourth shutout for the Wild? <laughs> Colorado Avalanche in Denver? Uh, I'm going to go with a 3-1 to one win for the Wild. No, 2-1 to one win for the Wild. It's going to be a grinded out game. Varlamov is going to be fantastic, but Dubnik will be just a little bit better. He'll give up a goal, though. It'll be the first goal scored by the Colorado Avalanche with the Wild win 2-1. to one. 
against a team that was surging, and now they're going right back down where they where they were before, and that's the bottom of the Pacific Division. So I think the Wild do win that one, two to one. It's going to be one of those grinded out type of games. It's not going to be the most fun thing to watch, but the end result will keep us smiling. Six points for the Wild out of a possible eight. Not bad. Not bad. Maybe we'll end up with five. Who knows? Maybe we'll lose in a shootout against Colorado or a uh, or overtime or whatever it is. Who knows? But hopefully, ultimately, the Wild end up with at least six points in this big three I mean, against these three teams. And I think they absolutely can. And if the Wild beat Nashville in Nashville, whoa. <laughs> this team is hardcore legit. But I'm not picking that to happen because I'm just not. Let's take a look at the standings, shall we, at this point in time. Like I said, Nashville, best team in hockey right now. 85 points, leading the Central Division, which is the toughest division in all of hockey. Even better than the Atlantic Division and such. Metropolitan's really strong with the New York Islanders leading the way. Second best record in hockey, at least in total points. Tied with the St. Louis Blues. Minnesota Wild right now with 67 points in 58 games. So they have two less games. That's been the excuse for a lot of us Wild fans over the season. Two less games than Winnipeg and two less games than San Jose who hold the two wild card spots. So that's good. That's a possible four points, but maybe we'll just say on average maybe three right there, which would put the Wild in the playoffs if that were the case because we'd have 70 points. Rock and roll. (laughs) San Jose Sharks have not been playing well. Lou Nanny likes to bring that up every time that uh, he comes on Dan Barrero and Judd, or well, Mackie and Judd, and he does believe they're going to come out. I tend to agree. San Jose is really, really dropping off. I've never been a fan. Never been a fan of that team. I think they're just kind of, eh, you know. <laughs> they have some talent, but they're just there's just something missing from them. I mean, what it is, I don't know. They're just not winners. I mean, they're, they're just not. I mean, I, I never see them as a team that's going to go and win a Stanley Cup or is really a dangerous threat to do anything in this league. Yet they always seem to play the Wild well, conveniently. LA Kings, though, who are one notch below the Wild, and I mean just one point behind us, yeah, that sucks. They're going to replace the San Jose Sharks, not us, unfortunately. So we still are going to have to beat the Winnipeg Jets at some point. I would not be surprised if it's Minnesota and Los Angeles in those final two wildcard spots, which could be extreme threats to anybody in the top six positions. <clears throat> coming up in the postseason. I think the Wild or the Kings, extreme threats when you have a Devin Dubnik playing as well as he has. Because if Devin Dubnik (laughs) was playing this well in May, the Minnesota Wild would win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) I'm saying that with pure confidence, man. The Minnesota Wild would win the Stanley Cup if Devin Dubnik was playing this well in in May. I hope he will be. The odds of that, kind kind of slim. But if he is, he'll be the story of the year. He'll be the Conn Smythe winner. He'll be the he'll be the, the the Jim Drunken Miller of the Minnesota Wild. Jim Drunken Miller, for those of you wondering who the heck that might be, the man who led the San Francisco Giants to the World Series championship this last year. He's a starting pitcher who would come in relief and save the day almost every night. I mean, he was the most durable, the most <laughs> competitive pitcher that I've seen in the postseason since I. I, I don't even know. Maybe Jack Morris's 10-inning shutout, but no. He he outdid that, as far as I'm concerned. Anytime the Giants needed a guy to come in and save the day, it was him, and he gave up nothing. The guy gave up nothing. <laughs> and that's who Devin Dumna could be for the Wild, possibly, this uh, postseason. Maybe we'll be the San Francisco Giants of this postseason. 
I hope so, because so far it's been the LA. The LA Kings have been the San Francisco Giants of hockey <laughs> with their goalie, Jonathan Quick. And obviously just a smart clutch play and Gabrick being as red hot as he was. Damn it. <laughs> Much to our chagrin. Gabrick, you know, the same guy that played here years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, the other team that might be out, it might not be the Jets. It might be Calgary. Maybe they'll dip down because they're only one point ahead of the Wild as well in the final spot in the Pacific Division. Man, what a what a nice division that would be if the Wild were in that because we could go all the way up to number two. We're only two points behind the Vancouver Canucks. Number two in the Pacific Division. Number two in the Central Division? 80 points by the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, pack a lunch, right? I mean, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. If we catch the St. Louis Blues, hey man, we really are cup contenders if we catch them. Because that would mean unbelievable hockey. That means Devin Dubnik is really leading the way, who's 11-2 and on the season. Man, oh man, oh man. And I'm already predicting a regulation loss, but again, if he can outduel Rene over there in Nashville, holy smokes, the Minnesota Wild are legit. <coughs> Pardon me. That would be so freaking awesome. So let's briefly, and I mean very, very, very briefly, check in on the Iowa Wild and call it a week. Tyler Granovic, Greya Granovic, Tyler Grayovac leading the way still for the Iowa Wild, and really it's not even close because the next the next guy is nine points behind him, thirty five points in fifty two games. And how about Zach Phillips? How about Zach Phillips? Back to back weeks with a goal. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a little bit sad in a sense, but, you know, it just kind of is what it is, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. When a guy's struggling as much as he is, you're celebrating back-to-back goals, in back, or a goal in, a, in back-to-back weeks. But hey, a, a baby step is a baby step. He needs any, anything and everything he can get, and there is no doubt about it. Outside of that, Jonathan Blum has been playing all right. Like I said, he's always a... He's kind of one of those, again, minor league type of guys. Brett, minor league slash potential call-up if absolutely needed. Brett Sutter is continuing to reduce down there, but not at a super high level. Stefan Veyu and Stu Bickle are actually on the NHL level right now. Two physical guys who could play when needed to beat up, to, to knock some bodies around. Stefan Veyu has been kind of in and out, and Stu Bickle still yet to see some NHL time with the Wild. In, in his recent call-up, unfortunately for him. Justin Falk, right where he should be. And, yeah, he's just not good. <laughs> Justin Falk, only seven points down there. And he is not even a... He, he's not a good defenseman either. You know, I mean, obviously he's not an offensive guy. He's just a physical defenseman, and he sucks. <laughs> I remember how, who that's who we signed. And we had to settle for him over when we tried to get Willie Mitchell when he was when they threw $4.5 million a year at him. Unbelievable. Down in Florida, we had to settle for Justin Falk, the, the snowflake Manitoban uh, native. Uh, <laughs> uh, no offense, Justin, if you're listening, which I highly doubt, but maybe he was bored and wanted to check it out. No offense, but man, <laughs> I wish you were better. I do. So with that, let's wrap things up. We're going to continue this positive run, and I'm not going to give you any negative predictions, per se, other than that Nashville game. <clears throat> Because Devin Dubnik's been fantastic, and the confidence level of this team has certainly, certainly been charged in a huge, giant way. So, we'll be back next week. Go wild. Keep up the good work.